Hello, this is Supriti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 14th of August. India reported 38,667 new COVID-19 cases and 478 deaths in the last 24 hours. This takes the active case load to over 3.21 crore and the total death toll to over 4.30 lakh. The chairperson of the Serum Institute of India, Cyrus Poonawala, is opposed to mixing different coronavirus vaccination doses, Hindustan Times reported. The Covishield vaccine is developed by the Serum Institute. He claimed that combining doses was not at all proven in field testing. Poonawala made his remarks after India's Drug Controller General approved a research combining the Covishield and Covaxin vaccinations. Bharat Biotech is the company that makes Covaxin. Fearing a third wave of COVID-19 infections, the Karnataka state government may consider reimposing some restrictions, particularly now that the holiday season has begun. Revenue Minister Arashoka said that these restrictions could take place after August 15th. The Times of India reported that Chief Minister Basavraj Bomai is scheduled to meet with senior health officials and experts today to discuss the pandemic situation, take a call on reopening schools for grades 9th to 12th, and also to discuss the reimposing of restrictions after August 15th. However, Bomai is opposed to the idea of another lockdown. He told reporters that he does not want to burden people by imposing a lockdown. The Assam Legislative Assembly passed a cow protection bill yesterday, despite opposition parties walking out of the House in protest over the government's refusal to send the document to a select committee for discussion, according to the Press Trust of India. The bill prohibits cattle transit from and through Assam without sufficient documentation. It also outlaws the selling of beef in places populated mostly by Hindus, Sikhs, Jains and other non-beef-eating communities. Additionally, beef cannot be sold within a 5-kilometer radius of temples. Violations of the new law are punishable by up to 8 years in prison and a fine of up to 5 lakh rupees. According to the Indian Express, Congress's Debarata Saikya, the opposition leader in the Assam Assembly, warned that the bill would have an influence on the occupations of the poorest of the poor in the state. Assam Chief Minister Himanta Biswa Sarma defended the bill, claiming that it would strengthen communal harmony and that it had no bad intentions. He added that as per the Assam Cattle Preservation Act of 1950, cattle could not be slaughtered before the age of 14. This bill, he said, merely adds that now a cow can't be slaughtered regardless of age, making the operative point of both the same. Anthony Bourdain once said, and I quote, There is nothing more political than food. Food is a reflection, maybe the most direct and obvious reflection of who we are, where we come from. The things that we eat are the direct reflection of our histories. End quote. In India, religion has historically been the most potent ingredient that has reinforced existing power political structures, more often than not, by controlling what one eats. Something as personal as the food that you eat is as powerful a political weapon as it is, precisely because of the way religion is intertwined with Indian politics. The discourse surrounding religion is deeply fascinating, and News Laundry has entered the arena as well. In a subscriber-requested special edition of Let's Talk About, the News Laundry crew of Abhinandan Sekri, Raman Kripal, Manisha Pandey, Anand Vardhan, Shardul Katyayan, and Mehraj Dilon discuss the significance of religion and its place in the world. The second episode is now out, 
where the team focuses on the intersection of religion and politics. Anand Vardhan said, and I quote, Religion leads to a community, and community can be a repository of power, and power is a currency in politics. Depending on the social texture of a society at a given time, religion can be one of the natural claimants of power. End quote. You can catch both these episodes on our website, newslaundry.com. While you're there, you can also read Tanishka Sodi's latest report on the plight of Zomato and Swiggy delivery workers. They are battling job insecurity, variable pay, low base pay, increasing fuel prices, and inconsistency in incentive payments. The report is titled, We Are Slaves to Them. Zomato Swiggy delivery workers speak up against unfair practices. It is because of the support of our readers that we can do stories such as these and have open discussions about topics such as religion without fear. We do not rely on the conditional goodwill of our governments or corporates, and that frees us to be the analytical, empathetic, and ever-evolving new space that we are. So do consider supporting us by going to our website and becoming a subscriber. Our lowest subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. Prime Minister Narendra Modi today stated that August 14th will be commemorated as Partition Horrors Remembrance Day, a day before India's Independence Day, to emphasize that the pain of partition will never be forgotten. The Prime Minister's tweet read, and I quote, Partition's pains can never be forgotten. Millions of our sisters and brothers were displaced and many lost their lives due to mindless hate and violence. In memory of the struggles and sacrifices of our people, 14th August will be observed as Partition Horrors Remembrance Day. End quote. The Prime Minister said that the day will serve as a reminder to keep social divisions at bay and to build the spirit of unity. Indian Express reported that the investigating officer probing the death of the nine-year-old Dalit girl at a Delhi crematorium has told a Delhi court that as per the disclosure statements of the four accused, Radhe Shyam and Kuldeep Singh raped and killed the minor. He added that the remaining two accused persons, Saleem Ahmed and Lakshmi Narayan, helped them in trying to cremate the minor child. However, the investigating officer added that neither any statement of any eyewitness nor any other evidence, including medical or scientific, could be collected so far to confirm as to whether the victim child was raped or not. He also added that at this stage, he cannot conclusively say whether the minor child was raped or not. The investigating officer made the statement in response to the court's question about giving interim compensation to the girl's family. In an application filed by the family through legal aid attorney Piyush Sachseva, Additional Sessions Judge Ashutosh Kumar awarded interim compensation of 2.5 lakh rupees to the girl's mother. Beginning in July next year, the centre will ban the use of single-use plastics, Indian Express reported. The Environment Ministry issued a draft Gazette notification on Thursday night, announcing the ban and listed the items that will be covered for the first time. Polythene bags with thickness less than 50 microns are already banned in the country. Now, the ministry has chalked out a phased manner of banning single-use carry bags as well as other commodities. A ministry official told the publication that the reasoning behind the rules is to eliminate the plastic for which the cost of collection, as well as the environmental impact, is huge. The biggest issue, according to the official, is that many plastic products are not collected and recycled. According to environmental experts, rag pickers value larger plastic bags more than thinner ones. 
Higher thickness plastic bags are easier to manage as waste and have a higher recyclability. AFP reported on Saturday that the Taliban have tightened their territorial stranglehold around Kabul as refugees fled the militia's relentless offensive and U.S. Marines returned to manage emergency evacuations. The Taliban have set up camp just 50 kilometers from Kabul, forcing the U.S. and other countries to scramble to evacuate their citizens out of the city ahead of an anticipated all-out attack. On Friday, various European countries, including the United Kingdom, Germany, Denmark and Spain, announced the departure of employees from their embassies. UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres expressed his grave concern about reports of women being mistreated in the Taliban-controlled regions. According to a statement issued by Qatar on Friday, several nations agreed that the Afghan peace process should be advanced as a matter of great urgency following two separate discussions on Afghanistan in Doha. The Taliban and the Afghan government were asked to build confidence and speed up efforts to reach a political settlement and comprehensive ceasefire as soon as possible. The two meetings in Qatar on the 12th and the 19th of August were attended by representatives of China, the United States, Pakistan, the European Union, the United Nations, Turkey, Norway, India and many other countries. The countries have restated their refusal to recognize any government installed in Afghanistan through military force and demanded an immediate end to violence and attacks in the war-torn country. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.